Beloved, the end-time move of God is to be heralded and manifested by the Glorious Church. The Glorious Church is the Church that is rooted and built up in Christ Jesus. Our desire is to be part of the Glorious Church. Thus, in view of this, this prayer meeting is geared towards making us believers in Christ Jesus, rooted and built up that is set in place. As we pray and fast for 21 days this month of April in the center of God's will, we are certain of the manifestation of our answered prayers. We pray that you are richly blessed of God as you partake in this spiritual exercise. Listen and pray along with God's servant Pastor Chandi Ohahuna. Jesus is Lord. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Amen to Jesus. Um, I want to especially welcome you to the 14th day of our prayer meeting. I want to appreciate God for 13 days gone in this prayer meeting. We give God all the praise and grace. It's been wonderful. I want to believe that you've been blessed thus far. I want to believe that your life has been transformed. Amen to Jesus. And like we know, those who have been participating in the prayer meeting with us, the prayer meeting is that rooted and built up in Christ. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. And it's been wonderful. Actually, it's in accordance with our um, 21 days fasting and prayer in the prayer nation, also known as Complete in Christ Church, um, located at Ghana, where I, I pastor. Amen to Jesus. And I, I believe we've been enjoying God's word and we've been praying in line with God's word. For the past 13 days, we've been studying on the word rooted and we've stayed quite much on it and by the help of the holy ghost we've been able to do the little we can do amen to jesus and we understood that the word rooted is from the greek word rizo and quite a number of words phrases were used to explain it and we we're taking each of the phrase and by the help of the holy spirit the seven phrases were exhausted in 13 days we will not say we have totally exhausted them but we have at least given a hint as to where we can you know continue from by, by right, we are not to exhaust the word of God in a prayer meeting or in an exhortation. We are just to give the, the saints a hint, give them a, a, a pedestal on which they can continue building, praise God forevermore. So we've been able to do a little work on um, rooted. And today we'll be going forward to the word built up. Amen. And for the next seven days of this prayer meeting, um, after today, we'll be on built up. Praise God forevermore. So I trust God is going to be a glorious time and we're going to get blessed in the course of this meeting. Amen to Jesus. At this point in time, I want to appreciate everyone person who has been participating. I want to say thank you and God bless you. I want to say we appreciate your viewership. I want to appreciate your comments. I want to appreciate you. We appreciate your shares. We want to say God bless you. We also want to appreciate all the denomination, all the groups that have been, uh, you know, um, permitting these um, prayer meeting to be viewed on their groups and platform. One will say we appreciate you big time. Thank you for giving your people access to this good word. Amen to Jesus. God bless you. Thank you very much. I could list the names, but there are so much. And I want to say God bless you. I appreciate you. Every group that has allowed this um, prayer meeting to be hosted in their group. Amen to Jesus. All right, so we're continuing our, our, our teaching, our exhortation. And it's from Colossians chapter 2, verse 7, which is our course scripture, which says, Rooted and built up in him and establishing the faith, as he had been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Holy Spirit, grant us revelation into your word in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Like I said before, for the past 13 days, we have been um, we have studied the word 
rooted amen to jesus and we have also understood what we need to do to get rooted in christ at least we've gotten some preamble that that's not all there is to it i trust god that the holy spirit is going to give you more insight more revelation and you're going to study deeper and get to know more um no preacher no teacher of the world has the hallmark of revelation no teacher of the world has everything as to, to revelation we just give you a hint we give you a little pedestal for you to continue your study amen to jesus now so we'll further go further in this study to know what it means to be built up amen and what it takes to be built up in christ praise god forevermore now the, the phrase built up in the english is a phrase built up amen but in the greek it's one word amen to jesus and it's a word epokoidomio amen epokoidomio that's a greek word for built up and built up actually means to build upon or to build up amen to jesus and so we just when you talk about to build upon and to build up we're actually saying the same thing in different ways amen to jesus so we're going to be going further into this what does it mean to build upon what does it mean to build up to build upon connotes that a foundation has already been laid and blocks are to be laid on it to raise a building is that not so when we say you're building upon something there's definitely the, the bottom line is that a foundation has already been laid if there's no foundation laid then you cannot build anything on any on on on, on just a surface without the foundation because you should be sure that it won't stand anything not even the, the, the nearest wind it won't stand it let alone the storms or the flood it won't stand nothing so for you to say to build upon it means a foundation has already been laid praise god forevermore hallelujah to jesus now in order for us to know the blocks we must first know the foundation now we can't rush into knowing the blocks we first have to know the foundation uh, because without the foundation there can be no building and as a result of that there can be no blocks no man begins to buy blocks when he has not laid the foundation you get the foundation laid and then you can know the quantity of blocks that you need to raise the building praise god forevermore you don't just start buying three thousand blocks and you say i want to build whereas there's no foundation it's not done anywhere and um, that's one of the challenge a lot of us have today we, we we want to build but we don't want a foundation praise god forevermore and it doesn't work nowhere no architect will advise you to do that no civil engineer will advise you to do that every building technologist and engineer will make you understand that your foundation is key to your building praise god forevermore now so we need to know what the foundation is what is the foundation um first corinthians 3 verse 11 we've start with we've looked through this uh, this verse of scripture in the course of this prayer meeting in one of our meetings we've looked through it before first corinthians 3 verse 11 says i'm using the king james version and i'm using the easy english translation like i always encourage us to try to view other translations to get better clarity into the word of god amen king james version says for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid which is jesus christ praise god forevermore now the um easy english translation says God has already put Jesus Christ as the only foundation of this building. Hallelujah to Jesus. God has already, it's not, we didn't put Jesus Christ. Are you getting what I'm saying? We didn't put Jesus Christ. No pastor, no bishop, no apostle, no evangelist, no teacher, no reverend, no act pope, whatever. No minister of the gospel put Jesus as the foundation. No, God himself place jesus as the foundation very important information we need to know because when we begin to look for the foundation and we try to get any other thing other than jesus it means we are going out of god's prescribed order when when we are not having when we're not having jesus as the foundation it means we are not in the center of god's purpose and god's will and god's programming amen to jesus because anything that must must be in the center of god's purpose god's programming and god's will must have jesus as the foundation because god is the one who did that amen to jesus he says, so 
God has already put Jesus Christ as the only foundation of this building. So nobody can put any other foundation there. Amen. Nobody can put any other foundation. You don't put a foundation on the foundation. You only have a foundation. So sometimes I don't understand when Christians try to put foundation on foundation. No, you only lay blocks on a foundation. There is already one foundation and God is the one who placed the foundation. I like it. I like the way scripture put it. But Christ was laid, was slain from the foundations of the earth. God put the foundation in place. He doesn't need you to put another foundation. Are you getting what I'm saying? He doesn't need you to help him with another foundation. He doesn't need us to help him with another foundation. He has placed the foundation, which is Christ Jesus, from the beginning of, of, of time. And all he expects for us to do is to build on this foundation. Are you getting me? So Christ Jesus is the foundation placed by God himself. God himself placed the foundation. No man did it. So stop looking at men. Stop looking at people. Look onto the one who placed the foundation. If God placed, since God is the one who placed the foundation, then he is the one that knows all there is to the foundation. Amen to Jesus. This also makes us understand that for us to have a depth of understanding of Christ, we need to look up to the Father. Praise the Lord forevermore. No man can reveal Jesus to you. That's, that's the reason why we are having challenges in the church today. We are having challenges in the Christian today. Why? Because people People are trying to see Jesus from their fellow men. No, no man can reveal Jesus to you. We are only, we are only, we are only representative of Christ here on earth. We are striving. We are working to fulfill, to manifest His His life here on earth. No man has fully manifested Christ here on earth. And you get what I'm saying? That's why you don't look up to men to see Jesus. You don't look up to men to get Jesus revealed to you. You look up to the Father for Him to reveal the foundation to you. And you get what I'm saying? Amen. And that's the challenge most of us are. Having, oh, you have to be like Christ. Yes, we are like Christ, and we are working on to perfection. Nobody has attained perfection, nobody has attained telios. We are working on to telios. We are working on to tetelestai. Nobody has gotten there. And that's the reason why we have to keep helping one another and loving one another because nobody has gotten to telios. The only person that is telios is Christ. And the only person that can receive, that can reveal Christ to us is what? The Father. That's why we look up to the Father. We look up to Christ, not up to men. Looking up to men is trying to look up to something else instead of the one who created the foundation. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now, so, what is the foundation? The foundation is who? Is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the foundation. He is the foundation. He is the foundation. Nothing else, no one, nothing else is the foundation. Only Jesus is the foundation. Especially in these times we live in. We live in very crazy times. Very perilous times. Very turbulent times. Some of the time when I sit down and think of the times and I'm just like, Lord, help because in these times, you can't understand what is happening. If you don't understand that Jesus is the foundation, you will lose your grips in life. You will be thrown off in life. Why? Because the storms of life, the waves of life, the tides of life, the challenges of life are becoming more fierce and turbulent. They are becoming more, 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 more fearsome and becoming more tight, more, 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 more persistent in, in the way they hit the church of Jesus, the way they hit Christians. So you have to remove your focus from any other thing that cannot make you focus on the foundation. Jesus is the foundation. Praise the Lord forevermore. Now we have understood that Jesus is the foundation. What then is the beauty? What then is the beauty? I like this teach. I like this aspect of the teaching. When the Holy Spirit began to give me this revelation this morning, I was excited in my spirit. Why? Because um, over time we have said some things to be the building, but unknown to us that this, that in, in the recent of it is not a building. 
What is the building? First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 9 makes us understand the building. I'm going to be using the King James Version and the International Standard Version. The King James says, Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. The International Standard Version says, You are God's farmland and God's building. You are God's farmland and God's, God's building. So what is the building? What is the building on which the foundation is laid? What is the building? Every born again child of God, in other words, every church, individual church of Jesus is the building. So what am I saying? If you are born again, if you are blood washed, if you have received Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, you are called the church of God. And you are that building. I am that building. We are that building. You get what I'm saying? Are you understanding me? You are the building. I am the building. You are the one that God is building on Jesus. Oh Lord, thank you Jesus. You are the one that God is erecting on Jesus. Praise God forevermore. So the, 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 the building is not some is not some ideologies, is not some teachings, is not some doctrines. No, the building is actually individuals. Praise the Lord forevermore. We are the building blocks on the foundation called Christ. Amen to Jesus. You and I are the building blocks. What a glory, what an honor, what a privilege to be the building blocks on which on which Christ on which um, to be the building blocks laid on Christ. What a blessing that is. What a blessing that is. So every child of God is the building. Amen. In the, con in the context of the chapter, as opposed to popular opinion, the building is not the Christian faith, like some of us have understood over the time. The building is not the Christian faith. The building is every child of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? The building is what? Every child of God. Are you getting me? So, Jesus did not die to create a religion. He didn't die to create a sect. He didn't die to recreate a group. Actually, he didn't even die to create a, a, a faith. Are we together? That would have been a waste of precious time. Dying to create a movement, a group, a sect, a faith. No, that's a waste of precious time. Praise the Lord forevermore. Jesus did not die for all of this. Amen to Jesus. Jesus died in order to give birth to his blood-washed church. That's why he died. He died in order to give birth to what? His blood-washed church. And purchase his bride, which is the same church. Oh, glory to God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. So he died to give birth to his blood washed church and purchase his bride, which is the same church. Amen to Jesus. Now, no, 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 no. Jesus, Jesus never died to waste time. Like, like many of us maybe have been made to believe that, that you know, he died to give birth to a faith. He died to give birth to Christianity. Actually, Jesus never founded Christianity. I've said this time and again. It was the, the, the people in Antioch that saw the disciples that, that followed Jesus, and they saw the way they behaved after Jesus ascended and after the Pentecost. In the book of Acts, they saw the, they saw the disciples and they said, these ones are Christianos. That means they are followers of Christ. Are we together? They are Christianos. They are followers of Christ. The people is human beings beings that called them Christians. It was not Jesus that said, okay, now I've gathered you guys and now I'm calling you what? Christians. No, 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 no. Jesus didn't do that. Praise God forevermore. It was human beings that called us Christians. So that's the reason why we should not also allow human beings to define us. The people saw them behave like Jesus and they defined them. They gave them a definition. Till today, people still give us definitions. And you get what I'm saying? Jesus only died to give birth to his church and to purchase his bride. That's all he did. So all Jesus knows is the church. Human beings are the one who know 
Christianity. That's why it is called a religion. But Jesus never gave birth to a religion. No, he didn't give birth to a sect. He didn't give birth to a movement. He didn't even give birth to a faith. He gave birth to the church. He gave birth to the bride. He, he purchased the bride. Now, Jesus went through all the pains and sufferings because he wanted to give birth to the church. Same way the woman in labor in the labor room goes through pains and suffering just to give birth to each other. You get what I'm saying? So every suffering he went through, every pain he went through in the passion, from being blindfolded and beaten. Oh, let's let's begin it from 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 the, uh, the, the sweating out blood in Gethsemane, hemorrhaging in Gethsemane, from it, uh, to, to being betrayed by the one who he loved uh, and a bosom friend of him called Judas, a disciple of his called Judas, then next to being blindfolded by those who he healed and delivered, those he helped, those he, 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 he raised their loved one from the dead, blindfolded by these ones and beaten by these ones. Uh, the same, then, then from, from there he was, he was, he was, he was, he was told, he, the, they said crucify him. The same people he showed love to crucified him. Then he was scourged. He was his body was shredded. His body was his face was it was beaten to pulp, and his body was shredded like 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 meat is shredded. And then he still had to go and hang on the cross with that shredded body. Every of those pains he suffered were the bad pains, the bad pangs of the church. Same way a mother. Is soon to be an expecting mother goes to the labor room and suffers birth pains because she has to give birth to her baby. That was all Jesus went through. It was to birth the church. Now Jesus paid the ultimate price of redemption as a purchase price for the church, which is his bride. Praise God forevermore. Same way a man pays the amount demanded for the for his bride's family as bride price. When a man loves a woman, what does he do? No matter the amount they tell him pay, he will squeeze everything he can to pay that price because he loves that lady. He wants to marry that lady. Jesus paid the ultimate price of, 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 of being shredded, of, his, of losing all his blood and dying the death of a sinner because he wanted to redeem his bride. The, the same way a husband pays anything just to get his bride. Any demand the family makes, the lady's family makes, he pays it just to get his bride. Jesus paid the ultimate price to get the church, to get his bride. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Jesus would never have gone through all of this if it was just another religion, another sect, another group, another movement, another faith that was to be better or to be greater. No, 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 no. Jesus would have not wasted all of this just to create Another faith, another sect, another religion, another group, another movement. No, that's why Christianity is not a movement. Christianity is not a sect. Um, 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 it, it's not a, a, a religion. Although it was called Christianity by the people, but the personalities that they called, they are not a religious group. They are not a sect. They are not a movement. They are not even a faith. Amen to Jesus. We are the church. That's who we are. The ecclesia, the called out one, the chosen generation. We are bigger than a religion. We are bigger than a sect. We are bigger than a group. We are bigger than a movement. We are bigger than a faith. We are the chosen ones of Zion. We are the very ones that Christ betted on the cross. We are the bride of Christ and we are the ones sent to reconcile men to the Father. Jesus did not waste his time doing all that. No, he didn't waste his time doing all that. He went through all the pains and sacrifices because his only love will continue his work. And he had to give birth to that love. 
He knew that it's only the church that can continue the work. He finished the work of salvation, and there comes the work of reconciliation. And only his love, only his bride, only his church can carry out the work of reconciliation. And that's why Jesus went through all those pain. And you get what I'm saying? He didn't go through the pain to create another religious group, another sect. No, 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 no. That's not what he went through the pain for. He went through the pain to bet his love, to bet his bride, to bet his church, for them to continue the work. And that's the work of what? Reconciliation. So what is the church? I want, to, I want you to understand this clearly. This definition comes in very handy to every one of us. What is a church? The church is a conglomerate of individual churches. <laughs> the church is a conglomerate of what? Individual churches. Every blood-washed, born-again child of God is a church. And our coming together in the unity of faith and saying the same thing makes the mega church. Hmm. Makes what? The mega church. So what is the mega church? The mega church is not the thousands of worshippers or millions of worshippers gathered together under the umbrella of a denomination. No, no, that's not the mega church. Some of us have heard, ah, this mega church pastors. No, that is not the mega church. Thousands or millions of worshippers gathering together under the umbrella of one denomination. No, that is not the mega church. The mega church is the whole body of Christ, devoid of divisions and disunity, despite varied opinions. Saying the same thing because we have the unity of faith, which stems from Jesus Christ. That is the mega church. The mega church is what? The whole body of Christ, devoid of divisions and disunity, despite varied opinion. Yes, we have that varied opinion, but we are still devoid of what? Divisions and disunity. We are saying the same thing because we have the unity of faith, which stems from Christ. So what are the characteristics of, a me of the mega church? What are the characteristics of the mega church? We're going to be looking at, there are seven of them. We'll be studying them in the course of this prayer meeting. But I'm going to be highlighting them to us today and then we are going to pray. First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 10 gives us the first three characteristics. Paul speaking, he says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind, and in the same judgment. So, first three characteristics of the mega church. Number one, all members speak the same thing. All members do what? Speak the same thing. Number two, there is no division among her members. No division among her members. Number three, all her members are perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. <laughs> wow, glory to God forevermore. How many of us are waiting for this mega church? The mega church is on the pipeline. It's, 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 it's boiling up. It's preparing. Praise God forevermore. Now let's look at the, the, the other four characteristics of the mega church. Ephesians 4 verse 13. It says, Paul speaking, it says, Till we all come in the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So the, what are the, uh, the, the remaining characteristics of the mega church? The fourth one is, all her members have come to the unity of faith. Have come to the what? Unity of faith. Number five, all her members have come to the knowledge of the Son of God. They have come to the knowledge of Christ. And you get what I'm saying? Hey, this church is a church we are crying for. This is the church that Jesus is warming up for. And this is a church that we are excited about. Not what we are seeing today. Yes, some of you may be complaining, but what we are seeing is not it. Yes, but this church is coming. Amen. And number six, 
all her members have become a perfect man. You're asking me, but can we become a perfect man before we leave the earth? Yes, the perfect man we are talking about here will not be achieved by the individual members. Here this very well. The Lord began to speak to uh, speak through me in one of our teachings in church titled The Glorious Church. Please, you can go on Anchor Radio, um, Grace Life, uh, Anchor Radio, Chimbi um, Afukiwana. Look for the top, the, the, the teaching, The Glorious Church. The Lord began to speak some powerful things to me there, and I be, uh, through me in that meeting. And it was a highly prophetic teaching. And one of the things the Lord spoke was that the, the, the perfect the perfect man, the perfect church, is not going to come by individuals. It's going to come by the individual church coming together in the unity of it. So when we come together in the unity of it, even with our human frailnesses and weaknesses, disagreements, sorry, different opinions, we will attain what is called the perfect man. <laughs> and that's what Jesus is crying, is working out in us. Amen to Jesus. And then number seven, all her members have come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. When this church comes, this is what is called the glorious church. This glorious church is the mountain spoken about in Isaiah. It says, and the mountain of the Lord's church shall be exalted above every other mountain, and all men shall troop to it. That's what we're talking about here. Is the mega church, is the glorious church. This church is a formidable force. The world will seek after her. The world will chase after her. Why? Because she is fully manifesting the fullness of Christ here on earth. It will not be based on individual opinions. It will not be based on different segmented denominations doctrines. No, it will be based on the fullness of our being one. And this is what brings about what the glorious church. Once this glorious church is better, the world becomes intimidated by her and the world begins to seek her. I tell you, child of God, the glorious church, the glorious church is the real mega church made up of every blood washed born again child of God. This is the church Jesus is coming for. She is to be presented by Jesus to himself because she has no spots or wrinkles. Ephesians 2 verse 5 verse 27 says that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and with out blemish. Praise God forevermore. Now you're asking me, is this glorious church going to emerge? Yes, she's going to emerge. Jesus is the owner of the church. He is the groom and the church is his bride. He's working on her. No matter the shakings you are seeing in the church today, Jesus is still working on the church. Jesus loves his church. And you get what I'm saying? No matter what the world looks like, they are, instead of them calling us Christianos, they are calling us different things. In the Acts of the Apostles, they call them Christianos. But today they are calling us different things. They are calling us different identities. No problem. But the church is not ours. It's Jesus's. It, it belongs to Jesus. So he's working on his church. He's pruning his church. He's working on his church. And I tell you, child of God, the glorious church is about to emerge. The glorious church is a formidable force to be reckoned with. It's not based on our individual opinions. It's based on the one that's called the unity of faith. The glorious church is the real mega church. And when the glorious church comes, what they call mega churches today will be silenced because what? They will be merged into the one glorious church called the mega church. Are you ready to pray this moment? You are praying with me and saying, dear Lord Jesus, I yield myself to you. Remove every spot or wrinkle in me and make me a member 
of your glorious mega church. In Jesus' name, go ahead and pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I yield myself to you. Remove every spot and wrinkle in me and make me a member of your glorious mega church. In the name of the Lord Jesus, Remove every spot and wrinkle in me so I can be part of your glorious mega church. That is your end time move. Raising the mega church, raising the glorious church. La surata liata dentua, iata batiata tatariatua, rede suakalia da dentua, radiate le guanda ladia, rabalua si balantia, le cabombriata laba puata, rebedia de supradadiata, radibala suapalada da, ragada la bababadosa, rabala bababadaswa, rebedebeduata labatiata. In the name of Jesus, we are praying. Now, at this point, if you are under the sound of my voice, you're watching me, or you, 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 are, you're under the sound of my voice in every in any way, and you want to make Jesus your Lord and personal Savior, because without making him your Lord and personal Savior, you've not accepted the foundation, and you cannot be a building on the foundation. You cannot be part of the glorious church. You cannot be part of the glorious mega church. If you want to make Jesus your Lord and personal Savior, please say this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that they are not a part of your church. And because of that, I, am, I have no part with you. But today, I know that you died and resurrected for me. You shed your blood on Calvary's tree to save a sinner like me. Today, I accept your finished work on Calvary. I accept you as my Lord and personal Savior. I choose to serve you all the days of my life and to follow you. Thank you, Jesus, for accepting me in the beloved, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for these ones who have accepted you, Lord Jesus. I thank you for accepting them in your beloved. I thank you for accepting them in your fold. Thank you for giving them the grace to serve and follow you the days of their life. Thank you, Lord God Almighty, in the name of Jesus. Now, I'm praying for every one of us. Lord Jesus, I pray for every one of us that has participated in this prayer meeting and will participate in the prayer meeting. I pray, Lord, for the grace. We receive the grace to submit ourselves to you for you to remove the spots and wrinkles in us so we can be part of the mega glorious church. Lord, we submit ourselves. We receive grace to so keep submitting ourselves to you so you can remove the spots and wrinkles in us so we can be part of the glorious mega church. Thank you for releasing that grace and thank you for enabling us to continuously do it. Blessed be your name forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I believe you are blessed by today's prayer meeting. Please, like I always encourage us, don't just end the prayer here. Keep praying the prayer and please do well to get others involved in this prayer meeting. Do well to share, do well to get, drop a comment and do well to ensure that others are getting blessed by this meeting. I want to appreciate you once again. Thank you for your time. God bless you. Bless you. Grace to you.